Welcome back to another episode of Heaven and Healing Podcast. This is part two with my friend Taylor Scroggins. If you haven't already, be sure to check out our part one called Demonic Lies to Divine Truth with Taylor Scroggins. It's an episode all about how she's now walking with Jesus, how she was born again when she was a child and then rebelled against the Lord in her teenage years and eventually came back home. Now, in this episode, we will be talking about deliverance. Before you cast stones, I do want to preface with one thing. I've been really heavily discipled and had a lot of really fruitful fellowship on this topic over the last few weeks as I've been visited by a really dear sister in Christ with a testimony very similar to mine. Her name is Nayla Rose. You may know her as Undone by Grace on Instagram. And so she and I are actually planning on recording a follow-up episode after this one that you're going to hear with Taylor. So that being said, Everything discussed in this episode is definitely biblical. However, I do want to mention that I think there are a lot of things that we could have probably said better or highlighted in addition to everything that we already discussed. So definitely watch this episode. Like I said, it is biblical and it is really loaded with valuable information. But please, before you, again, cast those stones Watch the follow-up episode to this that I am going to record with Nayla while she's here visiting me in Nashville, because I think you're going to find that there is truly a biblical balance. You know, when it comes to this pendulum swing that we see from one side of deliverance to the other, where it's like deliverance mania versus no deliverance at all, the the aspects that will be discussed with Nayla in the follow-up episode to this really really meets in that beautiful middle ground that stands on the firm foundation of scripture. That's not to say that this episode with Taylor does not, because it certainly does. But again, I just think there are things that we could have highlighted that we may have missed in this episode. So I hope that you're willing to check out the one that I have with Nayla. In the meantime, enjoy this episode with Taylor. You can find her at Taylor Official on Instagram and TikTok. It's a really wonderful conversation, and I pray that you get something of it. Enjoy. Welcome back to part two with my friend Taylor of Heaven and Healing Podcast. This is again first in-person studio experience so working out all the kinks but it's still very exciting um if you haven't listened to our part one already be sure to go do that where taylor shares her testimony um we're gonna get into some specifics here about deliverance because that is definitely the number one thing that i get asked most about where i stand on it and what my thoughts are on it what it is if it's biblical xyz Disclaimer, if you hear my cats trying to break into the room, I'm very sorry. Again, working out the kinks. <laughs> working out the kinks of the new setup. I'm like barging um, the door. <laughs> so let's start with, I will share a bit of my testimony with deliverance, but let's start by having Taylor explain what deliverance is and why it is for the Christian. Yeah, deliverance ministry is 
the ministry of Jesus Christ. When Jesus would go around and minister, he would go town to town. One third of his time was literally spent casting demons out of people and deliverance literally is just casting demons out in the name of Jesus. Um, Jesus says that deliverance is the children's bread. He was um, first going to preach. He, he came to the Jewish people first, right? The Messiah. And then to the Gentile, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. That is the... Um, that's the example that Jesus gives us in the scripture. And so when Jesus first started even casting out demons, he went to the Jewish temples. He went to the synagogues. He went to, that was church at the time. There were no Christians. So he went where the believers, the worshipers of God, they kept the law, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Jewish people who believed and worshiped God. Jesus first went to the synagogues, their religious place of worship and he started casting demons out of the people first to the jew and then to the gentile and after he went to the synagogues he went around town to town and preaching and the word of god and healing people and casting demons out um and so that is a it's an extremely important um, ministry to understand especially in this day and age where you have a lot of people saying deliverance isn't for christians well, the scripture says, Jesus says, deliverance is the children's bread. It's for the children of God. It's not for um, the people who are not adopted into his family. And then he he continues and he says, when, when a spirit is cast out of a home, out of a house, he compares our um, bodies to a house. When the spirit is cast out of the home, when it's evicted, it will go and it'll go out and wander in the dry places. When you cast a demon out, it goes and it roams around and it looks for a home and it says, I don't I don't have anywhere to go. I'll just go back to my old house. I'll just go back to where I was. And it says that the spirit comes back and if the house is empty, if they're not filled with the Holy Spirit, if they're not following um, the Lord Jesus, that the house is empty, the demon goes and gets seven more spirits, more powerful, and they come and they plunder the house and they take over again. And so if you're not a believer and you're not a christian and you're not following jesus you don't qualify for deliverance because you're going to go right back to the sin you're going to open up the door of the demons and you're actually going to end up in a worse condition and that is scripture straight from the book of mark we can you know i can put all of these scriptures on the list for you guys later if you want them all the bible verses about deliverance um and so that was my story as a christian my very first encounter with jesus i was raised in church i believed in him i had an eating disorder at the age of 13 i was anorexic and I was worshiping God in a conference. The power of God was so strong. I lifted my hands to him. I asked him to help me to deliver. I didn't use the word deliver because I didn't know what demons were. I just said, take this eating disorder. And he did. And it a big heavy weight lifted and the eating disorder was immediately gone forever. It was a spirit. There was I, I heard a voice telling me in my head to starve myself. It wasn't my own self or my imagination or a sickness in my body it was a voice in my head telling me i was ugly that i needed to starve myself x y and z and it left and once that thing was cast out it never came back because i was filled with the holy spirit and i was following jesus and i've been free for over 10 years um and so then again later on as a christian getting into astrology and yoga after i did yoga i needed to get deliverance from yoga someone was praying and they were doing deliverance they started calling out hindu gods and goddesses and i felt a presence inside as a christian i felt a presence inside of me rise up and get angry i felt this anger inside of me and I said, I've never worshipped Hindu gods. I don't know who Shiva is. I don't know any of this. But I did yoga. And
and those chants that they say in those poses and the hand poses and the body poses and the um the chants that they say they invoke and they channel these hindu demons these gods are demons they're not gods they're unclean spirits and so I let those spirits in when I was doing the yoga. I was praying to God. I thought I could be a Christian and do yoga and I needed deliverance. And okay, I felt that thing manifest in me. And I said, okay, you get out in Jesus name. And it left and I was fine. Um, And so, yeah, as a Christian, I've gone through deliverance a handful of times. I believe every Christian should get deliverance because demons enter through trauma They enter in through generational curses in the bloodline. Um, They can come in through anything. And everyone has been through trauma of some kind. Everyone has had sins that they've opened up the door to. Um, You know, lust, pornography, um, addictions, anything. We all have um, a history, whatever it is, whether you're following Jesus or not. We all have gone through painful things. We've all opened the doors to darkness. And so just like everybody needs a shower, everybody needs to clean off. I think that everyone should get deliverance no matter how big or how small the open doors were. Hmm. Yeah. So I, um, I mean, you know this personally because you've been walking with me through the entire experience, but I came from obviously everyone knows new age and then walking out of new age, I was under the impression not necessarily based on what the Bible was saying, but from what other people were saying that I trusted because they were coming from the same backdrop as me. They were also coming out of the new age and now walking with Jesus. And so there's just that inclination that whatever they're saying, I'm going to kind of put my faith into um, for many reasons. You know, one, their walk looks similar to mine. Two, I really don't want to be deceived again. This mm-hmm. person knows Jesus. They must be a trustworthy source to learn from. Three, I didn't know any better that I should really be testing everything against the word of God yeah. in its full context, not just cherry picked verses. Um, and so I really did not think that the spiritual gifts were for today. I didn't know too much about deliverance or even really what that word was. I just know that I was watching people, listening to people saying, see this, and they would show clips of demons manifesting, mm-hmm. saying, that's not the Holy Spirit. Don't. Yeah, it's not the and Holy it's not, Spirit. Exactly. It's, <laughs> it's not the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I knew from watching those clips, well, that looks like stuff that I used to see in sound bath classes. That wow. looks like stuff that I used to see, you know, happening in my own moon circles. Wow. Like yeah. in, in yoga classes, Kundalini. Mm-hmm. And that's because that it's demonic. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it, it might be happening in churches, but that's because that's what happens. And you've said this a lot when the when the Holy Spirit falls upon a demon, it manifests mm-hmm. and it needs Jesus' name to, in order to be bound and cast out forever. Mm-hmm. And so fast forward, I get saved December 2021, kind of maintain this belief for my first whole year as a Christian. And just to be frank, I was a pretty lukewarm Christian, which I think I did a really good job of, I don't want to say hiding. I would probably prefer to say I was um, excusing um, because I was just under the impression that, you know, I didn't know that the Bible says that we are basically royal. 
-hmm. We are saints mm -hmm. when we come to Jesus. Mm -hmm. We are no longer sinners, mm -hmm. but I was still identifying as a sinner. Mm -hmm. And so when I would continue to sin, I would say, well, this, this is why I need Jesus. I'm just depraved. Wow. I'm just innately depraved forever. Yeah. Um, and it's true. We are innately depraved. And then we come to Jesus. We yeah. receive his spirit and we are made saints before yeah. God. Mm -hmm. And so I was just negating that in, that entire concept of biblical truth. And so mm -hmm. I was just sinning. And yeah. I don't want to say that I was doing all the things I was doing in the new age because I certainly was not. But, you know, when I first got saved, I was really on fire. I actually did cast a demon. I don't know if it was out of me if it was away just away from me out of my house but it was the mm -hmm. demon that was posing as my grandma mm -hmm. when i first got saved i felt that thing come back and i said to it out loud i was alone and i said whoever you are whatever you are posing as my grandma in jesus name get out of my house get away from me and never come back like go straight to the pit and i don't even know how i knew how to say that wow and it never came back and That's when bad. i when i started hearing that we don't have authority to cast out demons. I thought, well, whatever I did, I need to not tell people I did. Can I just, can I just, don't, don't lose your train of thought. There is literally nowhere in the entire Bible that says you do not have authority to cast out demons. All I can find in my Bible is Jesus saying, I have given you all authority in my name to cast out demons. It's wild. Amen. But so, so you cast it out of your grandmother or your, the spirit posing as your grandmother out of your condo and then yeah what were you thinking when you heard people say that i started hearing people say like we can't do that as christians and so i thought okay well whatever i did must have been some sort of like um residual new age mindset where i thought like wow. i have some sort of supernatural powers and mm. so i was like well whatever i did that was just a residual reaction from my new age self and i need to never ever say that again and when i talk about this part of my testimony i'm not going to mention mm. that i actually said in jesus name get away from me i i i remember once or twice I, when i shared that part of my testimony i said yeah and then i just prayed and i said jesus please take this away but that's not what happened i told it to go in jesus yeah. name and there's a big difference so, so are you just supposed to like with that mindset, just suffer. If you're being tormented, if a demon of sleep paralysis is on top of you, let's say raping you and sleep paralysis, are you really supposed to just let there and say, oh, please hope that this goes away instead of like command that thing to get off. Like right. that mindset literally lets you just be a punching bag to the devil because yes. you don't, you're just letting him beat you up. You have no, I mean, it's like you have the Holy Spirit inside of you. What do you mean? Like, it's not in our name. It's not in our power what's wrong with it like right man, and that's, that's i was letting myself be a punching bag to the devil for the first whole year of my walk wow and it's definitely because of the call god put on my life you know i got saved the devil lost me it enraged him mm -hmm. um and i experienced my first deliverance you know when i first got saved mm -hmm. and i i called out to jesus i said jesus save me depression gone i didn't have a word for it but he redeemed me in that aspect. I got saved. And then when I got rid of all my new age stuff, when I threw out all the crystals, when I burned all the tarot decks, when I burned all the books, like thousands of dollars worth of stuff, there was demonic attack from every angle during that time in my dreams, in my home with the man who's now my husband, who was not saved at the time, who never cared about my crystals, was yelling at me, telling me I can't get rid of them. Mm -hmm 
but he never cared about them for the whole decade I owned them before. There was just like demonic attack from every angle, even my mom and, you know, telling me I shouldn't throw out all this, all this money. Mm-hmm. And um, when I did get rid of it all, you know, even though people were telling me I was being extreme, I was being this, I was being too much, you know, just sell it. I'm like, no, I'm not a demon dealer. Mm-hmm. Um, I got rid of it that night, burned it with my best friend, Alyssa. When I went home that night, I was exhausted. Like I was, I, I felt like I got hit by a car. I was so tired. Wow. Yeah. And it was because I had, I had literally like cut that cord that I had this between myself and these demons. Like they, they no longer had permission to live in my home, to be with me. I was literally yeah. burning them alive. Yeah. And it was just this fatigue. I almost like crawled up the stairs when I got home. I had my first Bible that I that I purchased with me and I put it on my nightstand to sleep. And I felt so much better after that. And I never went back to witchcraft. I never wanted to go back to astrology. I never wanted to go back to the tarot cards. I never wanted to go touch the occult with a 10-foot pole ever again. Mm-hmm. Done. So I was not living the way I was, but there were still certain sins that I that I struggled with. And again, I was identifying, well, I'm just a sinner. So when I would continue to go back to smoking weed, when I would continue to find myself in, in seasons of lust, when I would continue to find myself in seasons of gluttony, that the gluttony somehow got worse than <laughs> before I got saved. Wow. Um, because I've always struggled, well, when I was a child to my adolescence, teenage years, college years, I struggled with eating disorders like you. It wasn't anorexia. It was like binge eating. So it was just these cycles of restrict, binge, restrict, binge. Got so much worse after I got saved. Mm. And again, I'm just writing all this off. I'm just a sinner. You know, I, I tried to justify the weed thing so many times. It wasn't like I was smoking all day long. It's not like I was smoking and getting on my podcast. It was like... I would tell myself, well, the Bible doesn't really say anything about medicine, so mm-hmm. it's okay if I just take a hit at the end of the night, you know, long day at work, I mean, it's fine. Um, I didn't think that I could be opening up a door mm-hmm. um, because I was thinking, well, like God's grace is enough. And I'm not saying it's not enough, but with that mindset, you're still taking advantage of grace, yeah. right? So even though, I, you know, I'm smoking... At night, I would try and get rid of it because there's a part of me that knows it's wrong because I do have the Holy Spirit. So I'm getting that conviction, just Mm -hmm. choosing to ignore it. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's, it's, I need to, I need to throw the weed away. But then like, I'd see something online where it's like, well, God gave us weed. And I'm like, "Mm, yeah, that's true. Okay, great. God gave us poison berries. I'm not putting that in my oatmeal. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. just silly justifications. I would try and get rid of it. I'd throw it out. There was literally one time, and this is after I got saved. I'm, I love Jesus. I'm going to church. I'm praying. Mm-hmm. I'm reading the scripture. I love the Lord. I'm going in my trash and getting the weed that I threw out because I'm like, wow. oh, it's okay just to have around. Maybe I'll just keep it just in case. Like these kinds of things where I would try to get rid of it, couldn't. And, you know, I know people are going to say, you just don't have self-control. You just don't have discipline. You don't have this. You don't have that. You can say that. Now I do. I actually do have the fruit of self-control because I don't want marijuana. Mm-hmm. You could put, you could smoke a joint next to me and I would not reach for it. I would not want to. So being delivered from that 
gave me that fruit of the spirit of self-control. So you can Mm -hmm. deny deliverance from east to west. That's fine. You don't have to believe it. But what I can say now is that I have the fruit of the spirit that says self-control and yeah. i did not have that before yeah and so my deliverance is 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 evidence of that fruit i'm jumping ahead um in january this is when things started to change for me of 2023 almost like a year and some change after being saved i get water baptized finally and now this is interesting too because this is something else i continued to put off i wanted to get baptized as soon as i got saved And there was just like always this voice in the back of my mind being like, you don't need to do that right now. You can do it later Mm -hmm. or like wait until spring. Wait until until it's nicer. (laughs) Yeah, wait wait until you can do it in this setting with these people here. Like Mm -hmm. it's like, just do it. And I just wasn't doing it. And so January comes around and it's funny because all before I'm like talking about how I have to wait until it's nice out. I have to wait until it's spring. And then Mm -hmm. it's like January. It was literally like 30 degrees out that day. I was freezing cold when I got baptized. Wow. But I did it and it was amazing. And so what was interesting is after I got baptized, those two primary sins I was just talking about, me smoking marijuana and binge eating, like tenfold, all of a sudden, Mm -hmm. after my water baptism, which is so weird to say because shouldn't it not be that way? Shouldn't it? They got the demons get agitated. That's exactly what it was. When people fast too, like demons start to like if you have an unclean spirit in you and you fast like it'll probably get worse but it's good like it comes to the surface so you know that you need to get it out right and that's what i would that's what was happening to me i I was it and when i when i speak on this now i say it's like there was there was like this dormant spirit or something that Mm -hmm. like the water baptism literally like drowned it just drowned it away so it couldn't couldn't bury itself in my flesh anymore because wow what the baptism symbolizes it just it just can't and so um i start having these questions about about deliverance as it's starting to come up on my feed more i'm following you at this point um i'm having people in my comments mention it here and there and i'm very adamantly against it i'm talking back if you go back in my old comments from this from like january december when people would mention it, I would just adamantly say to them, no, you have the Holy Spirit. You do not, you don't need to have a demon cast out of you. And again, this is just me going off of what other people are saying. I never actually asked the Lord about it. Wow. I never actually really consulted scriptures with eyes and a heart that was willing to be wrong. Mm. And then I started to do that. I started to just turn my eyes to heaven and say, okay, look, like I'm surrendering to you again. I don't know everything. I don't know what's happening to me. Like, I don't want to do these things. I don't want to, I don't want to binge eat. It makes me miserable. Why do I want to do that? Yeah. Why do I want to smoke weed when I know it's making me stray further from you? Mm-hmm. I had a, I had a very demonic experience in, in this very house that we're in. One of the last times I smoked weed in the bathtub where I thought it was my, um, where I thought it was my now husband coming home. And yes, we lived together before we got married. People want to come at me for that. We were doing the best we can with what we had. Um, I thought I heard him coming home and I heard boots in the living room. I heard a door slam. I'm like stoned out of my mind taking a bath after work. And I'm like, Mike? And just nothing. 
And, and so I'm like, okay. And I'm like, I'm, maybe I'm just being paranoid. And so now when I think back to all the times I was ever paranoid when I was high, I'm like, I wasn't paranoid. There were spirits around me. Oh yeah. They're just ha- like, there's demons hanging out with me. Yeah. And we all just chalk it off to paranoia when we're high. I didn't mean yeah. for this to be a marijuana episode, but the it's Lord a has big been, problem. No, he's been putting it on my heart to like address smoking weed. And it's something that we both did as Christians. And like, actually i feel led to even share my deliverance for marijuana testimony so um i mentioned in the first episode my testimony um after i had gotten broken up with i jumped into a rebound relationship with a guy who was like total druggy all like i think he even deal drugs like in his past he didn't do it at the time but total like and then at the time my, my one of my best friends she started smoking weed it was like all the people around me just like bam like weed was like all around me and I, the same thing as drinking, I was like, I'm not going to do it. I'm, I'm just around it, but I'm not going to partake. I know that's wrong. I know drugs are sinful. And that breakup just really got to me. My friend was doing it. And I'm like, you know what? It looks so fun. I want to numb the pain. And honestly, it was more like they looked like they were having so much fun. And I was empty. So I start smoking with my friend. Um, she gave me like weed and we would like literally plan we'd go to the grocery store we'd buy all this junk food we'd go to her house we would smoke and we would like watch movies and we would do this all the time and then she gave me um some she gave me some and I took it back to my apartment like it was just for about three months gosh I think this is about six six years ago for three months like I would just smoke it all the time not okay I don't know all the time probably like once a week but for me that was a lot I'd never done any drugs in my life um and at first it felt amazing like sin does like it felt great and I felt good and it was amazing and I was so relaxed and wow and then uh probably after the first month I was like pretty regularly smoking I started getting panic attacks every single day I would I wouldn't smoke every day I get panic attacks every day and I had never in my life struggled with anxiety ever and like this fear would grip me my heart would race i would feel like i was literally having a heart attack i don't even know i'm being dramatic but it was horrible um and i stopped smoking so so i told my testimony again in the episode before on the night that i gave everything to god cut off ungodly relationships like no more drugs no more part like nothing i was literally throwing my old life completely away and i started living righteous um I would still get panic attacks every day. And I'm like, I stopped smoking. I believe in Jesus. I'm following him. I'm going to church. I'm I'm doing everything the Bible is telling me. Why am I still having panic attacks every single day? And so I went to my mom. And at this point, like my family has been operating in deliverance, studying deliverance, doing it on each other, other people, like my family, my whole entire family does deliverance. So I go to my mom and I just told her what happened. I said, hey, over the summer, I was smoking. I stopped. I've, you know how I'm walking with the Lord. This is probably like November, December. So I had lived with this panic attack from September to November. And, um, I just told her everything and I said, look, I, I think a demon of, of fear, of paranoia, of anxiety entered me because I was smoking. I've stopped, but why, I'm still having panic attacks every day. I, this is not like me at all. And so she said, yeah, let's pray. Let's cast that thing out. And so she started praying. She started doing deliverance on me and she goes, okay, I want you to just speak scripture over yourself. She didn't even start casting anything out. She just said, okay, speak the word of God. What does the Lord say about you? And my mind goes blank. I start manifesting, having a panic attack 
And I could not think of one scripture. I know, like at this point even, I knew so many scriptures. I couldn't even think of one. My whole mind went blank. I started having a panic attack for no reason. And she was like, okay, we need to just get this thing out now. So she's doing deliverance on me, praying, commanding every demon of anxiety to go. And I feel the, I could see it and I could feel it in the spirit. Like it looked like, like, you know, like in the old cartoons, like a witch, like with the green hand and the long black fingernails, I could see and feel like this green yucky, like witch hand, like gripping my heart with the nails in it. And she's praying and she says, you remove your claws from her, you wicked spirit of anxiety and go. And I could feel it and I could see it. And it was like, and then it left. And I never had anxiety ever, ever again. Not one panic attack, nothing. And over six years ago, and like no one can tell me after that that smoking weed is okay that right. god is cool with you getting high the bible says be sober-minded it says don't be drunk so people in the old testament weren't smoking joints and like getting high but there was wine and the the basis the point of scripture is be sober-minded your their devil the adversary your enemy roams around like a lion waiting to devour so be alert and sober-minded the scripture saying right there when you're out of your mind when you're drunk or high and you're not sober the enemy will devour you you're an easy target for him and also so when we smoke and do drugs and op- like we illegally enter into the spiritual realm, almost like astral projection, right? Like you're illegally leaving your body, your mind, like you're not sober, you're not all there. It's like a wide open door for your house for demons to come in. And when you open the front door of your house, you cannot say, oh, a rat can't come in, a mouse, a fly, a bug, a mosquito, a tick. When the door is open, you spiritually, like you're not all there. In the spiritual realm, mm-hmm. it's like, well, I don't know. I don't know. How anything can just come in. And so, yeah, I feel so strongly about that. Like, yeah. be sober-minded. Weed is of the devil. And I didn't. It's funny. My first whole year, whenever people would bring it up, I would just kind of, like, shy away from the topic. Like, there, there's an episode that I did with jo- Josh Zakoff, who you met, when we talked about mm-hmm. his testimony of psychedelics. And he, towards the end of the episode, is, like, talking about mm-hmm. marijuana and, mm-hmm. like, backsliding. And I was feeling so convicted. And that's one of the times I wow. really tried to stop. And I just ended up going back. Um, and I love that you said that when you start smoking weed. It, it feels great, like sin does. And I remember, like, always saying... Like, I'm, ne- I'm never going to get that first high again. It's like, you know, when you mm-hmm. first start smoking weed, it's so much fun. Everything's great. And then just throughout the years, you just get, you just, it, it, you're in so much bondage to it that you just don't stop, even though wow. you're not getting the same high you yeah. used to get. You're just doing it because you're in bondage to it. Yeah. You can't stop. Yeah. It's, it's an addiction. It's, it's a contract and it yeah. does make you vulnerable to, satan devouring you i mean that verse that you're referencing that i believe that's in that's first First peter Peter. and that's to the church like that that's for the church it says that it says that the devil can devour you that means Mm -hmm. to consume Mm -hmm. um that's good and so yeah making yourself just like vulnerable to things like that it's just we 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 don't we we just don't need to be doing it smoking weed i get questions about that a lot too but 
Hey y'all, sorry to interrupt this episode. I just want to remind you that Heaven and Healing Podcast is entirely viewer sponsored. I do not have any paid sponsorships for Heaven and Healing. This is entirely made possible by the grace of God and the generosity that he puts on your heart to sow into the ministry. And so if you've prayed on it, if you feel led to sow into Heaven and Healing, you can do so at donorbox.org slash heaven dash healing dash podcast dash ministry and I am going to put that QR code up on the screen so it's super convenient if you're listening you can always scroll down to the show notes and find the link there donorbox gives you the option to partner financially which is definitely preferred as it is the most helpful way to contribute to the podcast however you do have the option to just sew one single time, just one financial contribution, if that's what you feel more comfortable with. Either way, I am so grateful. It really, really helps. Everything helps. It goes a long way. And if DonorBox doesn't work for you, I also have Stripe. Again, I will put that QR code up on the screen. That allows you to um, use Apple Pay, which I know is super convenient for most people. And then finally, you can just use good old Venmo if that's easiest for you. It's really whatever works. And so here's the thing, guys. If you don't want to donate, if you don't like the idea of sewing into a ministry, that's totally fine. You don't have to. I pray that you continue to enjoy this content that I am going to continue to put out for free no matter what. Um, And at the very least, because it's the most important, please, please just pray for me pray for heaven and healing, pray protection over myself and the ministry, and that this platform continue to be used all for the goodness and glory of God. Thank you so much and enjoy the rest of this episode. Back to the whole, to my story with this is that, you know, I'm going, I continue to go back when I don't want to, you know, there was a big lull in my in my content. There was a lull in my podcast during this time from like January through January through February um, because my walk with the Lord was suffering. And so Mm -hmm. how am I going to get on here and make content in this time though, as I said, I'm really starting to humble myself before God and say like, I just want to know if I'm wrong. I want to know if if I've been subscribed to false teaching. I want to listen to you and no one else. Please just show me the truth. Show me what's going on with me. I just, I need something. I don't want to be doing these things. I don't want to be thinking these things. I don't want, I don't want to be feeling these things. You know, I'm like, I'm trying to worship my way out of it. I'm trying to pray my way out of it. I'm fasting. I'm going to church. I'm reading scripture. I'm doing, I'm doing all of the things, but I, it just, it's just like something overcomes me where it doesn't, it's, it doesn't feel like me, God, like, what do I do here? People again, in my comments and my messages, sending me things like about deliverance. And this is like totally disconnected from the fact that I'm going through this. Like no one knows. Wow. And so it was the Lord trying to get my attention. Um, this is when I reached out to you and I said, hey, can we meet up and talk? Mm-hmm. And we met up. This was like the second, literally like the second time we're ever meeting each other. And I just like dump all of this onto you, what I'm going through. And that night you showed me the scripture on the spiritual gifts. You showed me the scripture of Jesus casting out demons and what he says about it and how he commands us to do it. And when we were going over that scripture for a couple hours together, it really was like there, there were just months where from December to February, where it felt like when I was reading the Bible, I just could not retain it. 
I, mm. I could not understand it. I was frustrated almost to the point where I was like, like pushing it off my bed onto the floor. Like I can't God, I don't know what you, like, I don't know what I'm reading anymore. Yeah. That's if anyone's listening and you feel that way, get deliverance because there's a good chance there's a spirit that's literally confusing your mind and not letting you understand the scripture. Double-mindedness. Mm-hmm. As it says in the word, don't be double-minded. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was experiencing. And when we were going through with that together, I felt like it felt like how people say the words were coming off the page. Mm-hmm. It was like, how did I miss this before? I've read, you know, I've read through this New Testament so many times. Mm-hmm. And it was like I was reading it for the first time. And everything started to make sense, you know, and I don't want to sit here and act like I'm not taking accountability for my sin because I know that's a common shot that people that do not believe in deliverance like to say is that mm-hmm. you can't blame everything on a demon. No, you certainly can. Yeah. No one's saying that. Right. It's saying that you, but we, but we can consider that as the Bible says that there's scripture that says, you know, some things are from God, some things are from the flesh, and some things are from the darkness. Mm-hmm. So it says it right there. Um, and so when you and I went through that together, you asked me if I wanted to be prayed over. I said, yes, you did baptize me in the Holy Spirit. I had never received a prayer like that before. And before you even started ministering deliverance over me, I was manifesting. Mm-hmm. I start. I was just, I was sobbing. I was I was just weeping. I was a mess and, you know, calling out all these things that I had done, all my sins. So me and you literally get kicked out of the building we're in because we're there so long as you're praying this and ministering this deliverance over me. And I remember as we're going through it, like I'm thinking to myself, like, this is wild. Like this is, yeah, you were saying that, like, I can't believe this is happening. What is happening? Like, that's not me. Like the way, like these things that are like, that's what was that? What, what is like another voice was coming out of your mouth and then you'd be like, what was that? And I was like, it's okay. Like this is biblical. Like you're getting set free. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you explain that? Like a Christian can't, and literally there's another voice that's literally talking out and then leaving and then you're free. Like what? (laughs) and didn't want to leave and it was crazy and um so this happens in the parking lot for a couple hours i go home um and so the next morning i felt that same feeling that i felt way back when i got rid of all the crystals and all the tarot cards and had a real deliverance from that without having a word for Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. it was just like that exhaustion that like yeah oh my goodness um and so the fruit of that though was after that night i never ever went back to marijuana not no binge eating like ever since wow and it was it it's not even like something i have to suppress it's just not even there anymore it's gone Mm -hmm. and it's so crazy to me that i can just like have a relationship with food now that's normal it's like do if i want do i want candy great i can have candy oh i don't have to have 4,000 other calories with it at the same time anymore because it was just like this uncontrollable thing that I would do. Yeah, I like, let's take a moment and pause right there because I know there's a lot of people who are scared or uneasy about deliverance. And what does the word of God say? Look at the fruit. If the fruit of praying and casting out a demon in Jesus' name, which is what the Bible tells us to do, nowhere in the Bible does it say do not cast out demons. There's one passage in the entire Bible where someone says don't cast out a demon. 
And the disciples saw other people casting out demons in Jesus' name. And they said, hey, you're not with us. Don't cast demons out. And then they went back and they told Jesus, hey, some people were using your name to cast out demons and we didn't know them. So we told them to stop. And Jesus said, why did you tell them to stop? So the one place in the Bible where where someone says, hey, don't do deliverance. Jesus says, why did you say that? <laughs> they need to do deliverance. Like wow. he said, they're, if you're not against me, you're for, or he's like, they're for me. They're not against me. Like they're on our side. Like, and Jesus also talks about how demons don't cast out demons. Some people say, well, it's, it's deliverance. The Pharisees said, Jesus is casting out demons by the power of Beelzebub. And he says, a kingdom divided against itself can't, can't stand. How can Satan cast out Satan? And so, yeah, there's no scripture. And then, and then you look at the fruit of Angela's life, of my life, of I don't have depression anymore. I don't have anxiety anymore. I don't have an eating disorder anymore. She doesn't have a desire to binge eat anymore. She doesn't want to smoke anymore either. Like the fruit is righteous living, holiness, self-control, more of the Holy Spirit, doing a ministry that Jesus commanded us to do. Mm-hmm. How do you explain that away? Like right. it doesn't even make sense. Right. And I had, um, you know, I had a couple, I, I had two more experiences of deliverance after that. And the final one, like I, I was totally set free. And it was almost like with that final one, like they were, all, it was almost just like pop, pop, pop. Like it was just like, wow. they had like, they had nowhere left. They had no one else to hide behind kind of thing. It was just like, pop, mm-hmm. pop, pop, you're gone. Mm-hmm. And that was, I knew it was over because I did feel true freedom that day. Wow. Um, and so I, you know, it's July now. This all happened in February. I haven't talked about it because there has just been this, this knowing how people feel about it. People mm-hmm. like me used to feel about it, knowing that people are out there saying that if you believe in deliverance, you're a false teacher, you're a false minister, and all these things. When ultimately, for me, it comes back to, I don't really care if you believe in it or not. At this point, I don't. I don't really care if you believe in it or not for so many reasons. One. Look at what the Bible really says mm-hmm. to it's just like it's just like this this ping pong at this point back and forth between Christians that seems distracting. It's like something that the enemy would want. Can a Christian have a demon? Yes, no, yes, no. It's like ping pong back and forth, just like all the yeah. time. And it's like get over that and yeah. just get to what's happening. People are actually being set free. Yeah. Don't why are you mad about that? Like yeah. if, if I'm gonna sit here and say I no longer have an eating disorder, mm-hmm. why do you feel the need to argue with me and say, Well, you couldn't have had a demon in the first place? Mm-hmm. Like what? I just I just oh, don't see silly. why that is necessary. Yeah. And I don't mean to this isn't like a this isn't, you know, trying to say that the way anyone believes in scripture should not be respected like if it's not a salvific issue it's not it's It's not it's not that deep as they say it's not that deep but the fruit it's just look at the fruits okay people noticed people noticed i was different yeah and i never said anything people were commenting on my videos saying angela you look different Mm-hmm. not knowing why they were acknowledging it. And I'm willing to bet that some of the same people that would that would now say, oh no, now she believes in this. You probably left a comment on one of my videos in February or March saying, wow, you look different. You sound different. What's that about? Yeah. It was the deliverance. And people yeah. say to me now, this is something I used to say. Mm-hmm. And you know, it comes from a place of pride to say something like this. Well, Jesus mm-hmm. isn't enough for you. Jesus isn't enough for you anymore. And that's something yeah. that I used to say. I would be, I would co- comment back to people and say, well, I really don't think I need that because you know what? Jesus is enough for me. 
So I'll just suffer. But the thing is, it's not about Jesus not being enough. And I see that now. It's about actually Jesus is so enough that I don't want to undermine all of who he is. I'm not going to undermine what his word actually says. And I'm not going to negate the fact that he says, as you just said, he needed to leave so he could send his Holy Spirit. And so it's not that Jesus isn't enough. It's that he's so enough that he's actually a part of this beautiful triune God that includes the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And a lot of Christians act like the Holy Spirit is not his own part of that triune god Mm -hmm. which by the way the bible never says the word trinity correct yeah it doesn't but we believe in the trinity Mm -hmm. we know that the trinity is real Mm -hmm. we know that the trinity is biblical because again of the full context of scripture yeah not from cherry-picked verses which is the only argument i've ever seen against deliverance is cherry-picked verses well i want to go back to what you said because when people say jesus isn't enough um so I want to read from Isaiah 53. It says, talking, Isaiah's prophesying about Jesus 700, over 700 years before he was born. And it says, He took our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. By his wounds, we are healed. Um, and so... So this verse saying Jesus isn't enough, um, when you become a Christian, the moment you get saved, did all of your sickness disappear? Did every single demon and dark thing disappear? No, but it says that he was, he was crushed and he was wounded for our healing. Um, Mm -hmm. and so we see that, that healing and, and praying for the sick and healing, that is something Jesus died for it. He died for our freedom. He died for us to be out of bondage. He died for us to be healed. But the moment you get saved, like, you're not just this perfect, like, I don't have any sickness. There's nothing wrong with me. All the demons are like, you're still you. Some of us like you, when you got saved, you're depressed. You were delivered from depression, but that wasn't every single thing. Like when people get saved, like their cancer normally doesn't just disappear or their diabetes doesn't just go away. So, so that tells us that we have to apply the healing. We have to apply the deliverance. So like, why would Jesus cast demons out of people in the first place if they just all went away when you got saved? Like, oh, I'm a Christian. The Holy Spirit's in me. Like, what? He wouldn't even cast out demons. He would just go around and get people saved. Um, and so, there. When we talk about healing, we talk about freedom. We talk about deliverance. Jesus paid the price. Jesus is enough. But then you have to literally pick it up and put it on. Apply that to yourself. When you get that diagnosis, Lord, your word says that by your wounds, I'm healed. I come out of agreement with this sickness, with this diabetes, with this diagnosis, and I command it to go and I receive your healing. Heal me right now, Father. Like That's what it means that we pray for sick people. It wouldn't say even pray for sick people. We just say, hey, preach the gospel and all the demons and all the sickness, everything, poof, just goes away. No, we go out, we pray, we preach the gospel, we cast demons out. In the book of Acts, Phil, and uh, in Acts chapter eight, Philip, the um, he's an evangelist. He wasn't an apostle. Um, he wasn't a prophet. He Philip was an evangelist, and he went into this town and he preached the gospel. And then after he preached the gospel, he cast demons out of people in the town. And it said the people were screaming. They were getting set free. Demons are coming out, and they were screaming. Why, if demons cannot? 
indwell a Christian, if, if all you need to do is just get saved, why would Philip go in Acts chapter 8, preach the gospel, and then cast demons out of people? That's like, so that isn't even in the Bible when we read it. And so, you know, if you're saying that, well, Jesus, Jesus is enough for me, of course he's enough. So pick it up, apply that healing and apply that deliverance, apply the power of the Holy Spirit to your life. And that's how we live an empowered, spirit-filled life full of anointing and and then not only are we healed and set free but then we can go and pray for other people and and see the miracle signs and wonder follow amen um i just i i i really appreciate that um and i appreciate everything that you share in general because you're really bold with this and i know it's because uh, it's because of the faith it's because of the faith and that's ultimately what it comes down to. And I think that people who may have been like me need to hear this, that y- you don't have to be ashamed of Jesus. You don't have to be ashamed of his healing. You don't have to be ashamed of his miracles. You don't have to be ashamed of his deliverance. And look, you don't have to be scared either. Yeah. Like I know people hearing this might be thinking, uh, could I have a demon? that's that's a scary thought but that, that this isn't to scare you it's it's empowering to know that you have authority over these things over these principalities yeah. of darkness the bible literally says that we are not fighting against flesh and blood so while there are sin issues there are also issues that literally we are not wrestling against flesh and blood but against principalities of darkness yep. and so you have authority to crush the heads of those serpents in Jesus' name. And um, I think just people just really need to know that. It's not to be scary, it's to be empowering. Yeah. And people aren't preaching the deliverance message, trying to get everyone to point a finger at a demon. That's not yeah. the goal. It's not, it's not there's a demon under every rock. That's not the point. Right. Obviously, you have to walk in righteousness. Obviously, you can't just be a deliverance junkie trying to get deliverance every single week and then continue to sin. Yeah. That's not the goal. That's not the point. That's not the message. And that's not the gospel. And that's, that's not what we're saying. And that's what most deliverance ministers are not saying and yet are portrayed in that sense as though they undermine sin and just give all glory is what I hear. Give all glory to Satan. Give all glory to the demons. And that's not it. It's just, as scripture says, expose the darkness. It's what yeah. it is, exposing the darkness. Satan, the way I see it now is that Satan would love it if you didn't believe in deliverance. Oh, he loves it. He loves it. Why the wouldn't demon, he? The demons love it because they have a cozy home. And if you think, oh, a Christian can't have a demon, then that sucker is going to live on you like a leech for the rest of your life because if you don't call it out in jesus name it's gonna stay there like what are those people called when they like hide in your house like squatters squatter yeah Yeah, like you got and because you're so prideful or people just have been taught wrong false teaching they've been taught wrong by and and you have these little leeches squatting in your house and it's like yeah it's i'm not gonna lie like it can be a freaky thought but wouldn't you rather know you have roaches in your house than like live and like not even know like i have mice in my house crawling in your food and eat them without yeah yeah and then when you find when you see the first one you're like oh my gosh i have like roaches in my house but like then you can call the exterminator and get them out and be clean like it it's better to to know and get it out than to just live with that nastiness you know so to that point what do you say to people that's that say that the holy spirit 
would never live somewhere that an unclean spirit has access to. Yeah, well, we know that God is omnipresent and he's everywhere, right? And also the Bible says that no good thing dwells in our flesh. So if our flesh is fallen and sinful, but the Holy Spirit lives in us. In our and spirit. He, yeah, and so um, he's in our spirit. We have flesh. And when we have a demon, the demon um, is in the soul, right? So the Bible, we're, we're also triune beings. Like you have, are made in God's image, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We are body, soul, and spirit. Um, and so the Holy Spirit dwells in the spirit, our flesh, these meat suits. And then your, your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And think about that. Where does the devil attack you? Your emotions, your mind, your thought life, your cravings, your sins, your appetite, your personality. That's where um, these unclean spirits will attack you. And I th- honestly, it's great news to hear that you don't have to live with depression your whole life. You don't have to live with a eating disorder. You don't have to live with anxiety. You don't have to live with addiction. You don't have to live with this your whole life and say, well, I'm just a sinner. I just have to live in this misery and in this bondage and just wait till I get called home to heaven. It's like crucify you can, yeah. And, and we do have to crucify the flesh, but the Christians, too many Christians are trying to crucify demons, thinking that it's their flesh instead of casting them out. Like you got to crucify the flesh, your cravings, your sinful nature. The Bible lists out the acts of the flesh, witchcraft, rebellion, this, da, 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 da. it goes on jealousy, envy, strife. Yeah. There's acts of the flesh. But then when you get into addiction there's something you cannot stop or something comes over you and compels you 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 have a compulsion you have no self-control like something came over you and you would binge eat something comes over you and you have to watch pornography and masturbate something comes over you you hate it you don't want to do it anymore if if it has an appetite it's a living thing like you pastor vlad says like if you got a craving if an appetite you got company um if you can't stop if you're being compelled um seeing things uh uh, dreams at night sexual dreams um dreams about being attacked in your sleep um hearing things seeing things in your home like these are all very common signs of you probably have a demon there's some demonic activity going on in your life in your home you need to throw away tarot cards astrology things crystals anything like that in your house um and then what i did too when i was leaving new age um I threw away all of the religious stuff, the spiritual stuff, but I had some clothing that I would wear when I would go clubbing and when I would live in sin and I was having really bad nightmares, demonic dreams. And I threw away some of the clothes. The Holy Spirit um, just led me to. I threw away clothes that I used to wear to the club. And after that, like I stopped being tormented in my house at night. And so things like that, that are associated or attached to um, your past sins and struggles and all of that. And so you know, we crucify the flesh, we cast out a demon. And if you're trying to crucify something over and over and over, and it will not die, I would say my advice to you, treat it like a spirit and cast it out. And I'll be willing to bet you're probably going to get set free. It's probably a demon. Quick break in the episode to tell you that if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast, give it a five-star rating and written review on whatever platform you listen. If you're watching on YouTube, give it a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel and leave some love in the comments. It really helps with the algorithm. Send this to a friend, share it to your Instagram story and tag me so that I can say thanks. And if you feel a resistance to that, Mm -hmm. do you think that's also like who, who, because you would resist one, who would resist the thought of freedom? Yeah, and like uh, another, if you're if you're doing something and you're meeting a resistance, like it's it's a person. It's a mm. it's, in this case, it's a person without a body, a demon. But like you're like 
it doesn't feel good. It's painful to crucify the flesh, but it's not going to be like your flesh isn't a voice in your head telling you to cut yourself, to resist. No, don't do it. Like that's a voice in your head. That's not you. Like that's a demon. Um, and so, yeah, if you, if you can't crucify it, cast it out in the name of Jesus and see what happens. Now on that point, because people all, people all the time say that delivers deliverance ministries are false teachers, that it's witchcraft. It, there is witchcraft happening under the guise of the, we'll just use a term for the charismatic church. Again, I don't even like to say these denominations because know, yeah. it's like the ministry of Jesus is pre-denominational. Like everything we're talking about is just from the Bible and that's all pre-denominational, yeah, but full gospel. it's, you know, people need a word for it. So there is witchcraft happening. And can you just speak to that so that people know, have a better idea how to discern the difference? Yeah. So, so there are, Okay, so witchcraft, all witchcraft really is, witchcraft is a work of the flesh and it's demonic. It's a demonic spirit as well. Witchcraft is manipulation, domination, and control. So whenever you see manipulation, domination, control, whenever um, people can do that in their flesh, right? Like even kids know how to throw temper tantrums and manipulate to get what they want. That's just the fallen nature of the flesh. In church services where you see pastors ministers leaders being very manipulative controlling with their congregations that is there's probably a spirit of witchcraft in that church there's probably a spirit of jezebel um there you know we our our church leaders are supposed to cover us and lead us but they're not supposed to be manipulating dominating controlling over people that's what the enemy does god doesn't do that to us so we know that's not the holy spirit um, I saw I saw recently there was um, a pastor who said that he had a remote control anointing and he was casting a demon out of somebody and he was like moving his body and then he would and then the spirit that was manifesting would move the body and like he was like controlling the demon manifesting in the guy okay control there you have control manipulation mm. right there so you say okay that's witchcraft um, people charging money for prophetic words or charging money for deliverance or saying your deliverance is blocked if you sow a seed of a thousand dollars then this demon will come out like that's like what do psychics do come to me and pay me this amount of money and i'll tell you so charging money for for the holy spirit like that is wicked that's evil um that's witchcraft that's manipulation control ungodliness um and so there's certain things like that that you can look out for but Um, When you see, you know, demons being cast out, the fruit of the spirit, um, the spirit of God, like that is a sign of a healthy, good church that if, if, if there's a church, like I would never go to a church that doesn't do deliverance personally, because at that point, your church is just a demon daycare. Ooh. (laughs) So, wow. That was heavy. I just like needed to (laughs) sit with that for a moment. Um, yeah, I, I just wanted to bring that up because I know people are afraid of being deceived and I know Mm -hmm. that because I was one of them. And so, yes, there are churches that are operating under the work of Satan acting as if it is coming from God. And so what Taylor just said, it's, it's discerning that with the fruit and that's, again, that is just scripture. It's, you know them by their fruit. Look at the fruit of the pastors. Look at the fruit of the congregation. Mm -hmm. Look at the fruit of of just 
of just what's actually happening is it is it matched to the word yeah oh people are screaming it must not be it actually it says in, in the it, bible it says in the bible that the demons screamed, they screamed. yeah acts and chapter eight all the people all screaming hallelujah you and know? it's amazing there's mm-hmm. um there's a lot of fruit in my own life that that was produced from the deliverance and you know, including, you know, my husband even went when I was being delivered and I did not want him to, but he did mm-hmm. anyway. Mm-hmm. And it was like crazy. Like it was, it was like the Kundalini spirit. And I was like, I was literally like slithering. My spine was, I mean, it's like, if you think about the things you do in yoga, that's what my spine was doing. I was hissing like the guy who was ministering over me. I was hissing at him. I was growling and my husband wanted nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. And this was when we were just engaged. This is before we got married. And he was having, he was, you know, it was the first time he had ever seen anything like that. Mm-hmm. He left me that night to go. He went to go to work. He ended up that night meeting a pastor. And I will let him tell this when he's ready in full. But he met a pastor that night that ultimately led to him having an encounter with the Holy Spirit. That is the most profound encounter he's ever had wow. where he really heard the voice of God say, you know, that was me. Wow. when he was trying to speak against what had happened to me that night wow, and God. his walk with God really like from that point forward, he had been walking with the Lord, but it was like he had been in- really encountered by the Holy spirit that yeah, night it's different. and it was different. Yeah. Right. And wow. so that, that is just, it wasn't even the fruit of my own life. It, it was even his. Wow. Amen. Yeah. And he, you know, he, from that point has become someone who will now just minister to people randomly pray for people at weddings like he wow. dr- he dropped to the floor at a wedding we were at to pray over a random stranger who collapsed because he was too drunk when wow. sometimes i don't even have the courage to do things like that mm-hmm. and so it's just i really wish people would would allow the holy spirit to do what he does best yeah. which is which is have a supernatural experience if anyone watching that has been saved knows that you were not saved intellectually you did not come to the revelation that jesus is lord through head knowledge you did not intellectualize it it was a supernatural experience me on the floor deep calls out to deep as psalm says crying out to jesus not knowing why or how him just invading my life in that moment because i answered the knock it was supernatural and it, and it, that wasn't anything I could talk myself into. Um, and that's all of our testimony. It's the blind man. You know, I was uh, the blind man who Jesus rubs, rubs his fingers on his, on his eyes. And then he can see it's, that's all our testimonies. I don't know. I was blind. Now I can see it's supernatural. It's from point A to point B and that's the Holy spirit. And yeah. so people want to talk their way around this topic but that's not how you do it that's not how god does it yeah and that's not how that's not how your testimony happened so i really pray that people listening to this that have their doubts would just recognize that is that you can have all the head knowledge in the world but you know as well as i do at the end of the day that you were saved supernaturally yeah and that's the same experience with deliverance yeah we live in a supernatural world. The mm-hmm. Bible says that. Amen. This is this is it's not just flesh and blood. I mean, I don't yeah. know how much more clear we can be. Amen. That's it. That's really good. 
Now, what is your, you are a deliverance minister. So can you, aside from your own life and your own testimony, can you just share a little bit with people listening or watching things that you literally experience on a daily basis, like things that you see manifest on a daily basis, maybe common, um, common demons. If that's like a, a term to use. Yeah. Um, yeah. Most, so, so most spirits enter in, um, I would say as from, from experience through, um, childhood trauma through the early years, because when you're young and something traumatic happens to you, you don't know how to process it because you're a child and your brain is, you don't have like coping mechanisms. Like you're literally a baby. So most of the deliverances we do really common ones are, um, rejection so usually the first spirit that will that will enter becomes the strong man the the strongest one and jesus uses the word strong man the um the first one to enter the one that really grabs a hold of you usually from a very young age if you were bullied in school or you were your parents told you you were an accident or your mom wanted to get an abortion Different things like that, very, very common, is the spirit of rejection will enter. Mine was abandonment. Yeah, abandonment and rejection. Um, and so that enters in in a really young age. And all you need is a, a door cracked open. That's all the enemy needs because he has a whole plan for later on. Um, and so then, you know, you go through life and you struggle with rejection. So in middle school, let's say like you want to be in a relationship, you want to be loved, you want to be accepted. And then that can lead to, well, you get into a relationship. Now you feel pressured by the boyfriend to do, do sexual stuff and then fornication and then lust and then pornography and then perversion. And then let's say someone takes advantage of like, and I'm not just making this up. These are, this is stuff we see every week. Um, and then sometimes we'll say like, um, they were taken advantage of they were sexually assaulted or molested or raped and then sometimes that a homosexual spirit and a trauma spirit can enter through there and then they don't trust men anymore so then they want to be with women or vice versa because that um trauma came in and then those unclean spirits came in with the trauma and so you know usually when we do deliverance it's a lot of okay lord what was the open door what was the childhood wound what was the first thing that got in here and then when you do deliverance and you and you know like for you abandonment you know whatever the situation was i was abandoned when i was young usually when you go after the strong man you jesus says you to to plunder the house you have to bind the strong man when you bind the abandonment let's say in your case and you cast that one out, then the lower ranking spirits are a lot easier to get out because the big one holding the door open, running the show is gone. And then it gets a lot easier to do the rest. That's kind of why you said like your last session, it was like, boom, boom. And they were done because at that point, God had cleaned a lot of house and they weren't, they didn't have anyone left to hide behind, like you said. Um, and so common open doors, rejection, abandonment, molestation, um, generational curses are huge i can't every time i do deliverance i always break generational curses because and this is biblical it says that uh, the lord will pass down the iniquities of the father down to the third and fourth generation of those who hate him 
That is what the scripture says. And so if you had somebody in your ancestry that was doing witchcraft, that hated God, that was in a false religion, that worshiped the devil, you don't know what all of your ancestors did. And so, you know, whenever we do a deliverance, I walk people through and we say, I renounce. And that means I come out of agreement because you have to break the legal contract that you made. Like you said, when you enter into that or you're born into that, there's a legal right. Some people, we see this all the time, back in the generations that let's say they do witchcraft idolatry they will make blood oaths with these demons and they will promise say you can have all of my bloodline all all of my grandchildren i will give you access to my bloodline just make me wealthy make me powerful whatever they make blood contracts and so um we have we break all generational curses we break blood oaths we break um covenants made by the grandparents by the great grandparents and so on and people get set free like you wouldn't believe um curses break off of the families beautiful families get restored um unforgiveness always opens the door to the demonic to bondage to sin um unforgiveness is sin of course we're not going to blame that on demons but it is also an open door to the demonic like these things of the spirit are deep they're not just like black and white just here like it's like the spiritual realm is so complex the scripture says that anger gives the devil a foothold Mm -hmm. and don't give place to him that's it says don't give a foothold that's right that that's that's a literal i mean if you think about a door right Mm-hmm. If you stick your foot in a door, you have a foothold. Yep. And that's, that's what right. anger is. That's what unforgiveness is. He can stick his foot in. Mm-hmm. And then you can't close the door. Yep. And he is, his foot's there. You give him a place. Like that's a physical, that is a very intentional choice of words Amen. that the Holy Spirit used mm-hmm. to inscribe that scripture. Yeah. Absolutely. And so we take people through forgiving really forgiving soul ties having sex before and outside of marriage um you know when you're like i don't know why i can't, i just can't stop thinking about my ex or we've been broken up for five years and i still have dreams about them or why can't i stop every time i hear this song or do this um you probably have a soul tie it's it's um this the bible says that when the two become when we have sex the two become one and so you become one with somebody that you were not supposed to become one with and so when you break up and you know you've also demonic spirits can just enter through that that connection as well through fornication you can get a std a sexually transmitted demon and so yeah casting out um and, and, and breaking those soul ties is also really important when doing deliverance too. And a lot of people get free. Um, something of a testimony of mine is, um, I, uh, I had a letter and some things that one of my exes gave me. Um, and the, I didn't have it with me or on me. It was like, I had a whole, a, a big box of just childhood things, birthday cards letters from friends and all of just high school things and uh, a letter from one of my exes was in there forgot about it and the lord told me go back to your parents house and burn that letter and burn all the things from that person and i didn't i was like i didn't even know if it was still there like i went in faith to my parents house i dug through bins and bins i was like lord i trust that i i heard you i trust what you're saying so i i'm digging through for like probably i don't know an hour look and i'm like i don't even know if this is here and lo and behold 
I'm digging through my old stuff, found all the things from this ex-boyfriend and burned everything. And I literally got more deliverance that night. I didn't even know there was anything there to get delivered from. But like you said, when you saw all those things burning, it was like another level of freedom. Like you were just brought into it and the glory of God fell and it was amazing and it was powerful. And so soul ties are very real. And the way you break them is you say, I renounce the soul tie with blank, say their name, so-and-so in Jesus name. And I command it to break. And it's really just praying prayers that simple. It's not magic. It's not invoking, but you're just declaring and you're telling those spirits, you don't have any access to me. And I want to make this clear too. The Bible does not use the word oppressed. People say, um, oh, well, a Christian can't have a demon in you. They can be on you. Every time there was a deliverance, it says they came out. They came out with a scream. They came out and they were healed. They came out. And so there is, and people say a Christian can't be possessed. Of course, a Christian can be possessed. Possessed means I possess this cup. I own it. It's mine. The devil cannot possess you and own you. If you're a Christian, you're bought by the blood of Jesus. You are his. Um, the Bible does not use the word possess in the original Greek. It used um, the word daimon, daimoniza. D- the word in English literally is translated as demonized. To be demonized means to be under the influence of a demon. You can be under the influence of alcohol if you have one drink or if you have 20 drinks. And you can be under the, it's a whole scale. You can be under the influence a little bit. You can be totally controlled physically under the influence and not have control over your body because you've taken 20 shots and now you're like sick and you need to go to the hospital but that's really what the bible says it doesn't say they were on it doesn't say they were oppressed it doesn't say they were possessed it says that they were demonized and you can be demonized to however many footholds you give the devil like what you were saying hmm. and so that's that's really the argument is just over silly little words well how can a, how can the holy spirit dwell in you well you're a christian and you're watching pornography how can the holy spirit live in you when you're literally sitting there watching porn it's the same argument did the holy spirit are you not saved anymore because you fell into sin like that are you not really a christian Hmm. um and so yeah we're getting into fights about silly things we gotta just get back to the original language i think and kind of squash some of these little silly arguments yeah and i think it's like the same concept of it's like people say, well, the Holy Spirit lives there like nothing, like the darkness can't. And it's like, well, as you said, we, we're, we can still get sick as Christians. Yeah. I can still develop terminal cancer as yeah. a Christian. It doesn't mean the Holy Spirit doesn't live in me. Right. And why is that? Well, it's a consequence of a fallen world living in the fallen flesh. Mm-hmm. And that's the same to be true for demonization. Mm-hmm. It's not, yeah. you know, it's one and the same in my opinion with, within that context. Yeah. Um, this was a really, really good dialogue and obviously going to have you on in the future. Um, definitely want to talk about more on this subject. I'm sure the questions are going to come rolling in. I'm sure the criticisms are going to come rolling in, but like I said, I'm not ashamed of what Jesus did for me, what Jesus has continued to do for me. I'm not ashamed of his word. I'm not ashamed of the fullness of his word. I'm not ashamed of his Holy spirit. And I'm just not ashamed of, 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 of truth. Yeah. And by the, by the word of my testimony. Yeah. Um, so with that being said, would you say a deliverance prayer for anyone who would just like to either, either they believe in it wholeheartedly, or maybe they're just willing to receive a prayer right now? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, whether you believe in it or not, if you're on the fence or if you're not, um, 
it doesn't hurt to say a prayer in the name of Jesus in a ministry that he walked around and did a third of his time and told his followers to do to heal the sick, to cast out demons, to go and preach the gospel. And so I just want to invite you um, just to receive prayer right now and say this prayer in faith, cry out to God, and take a, take a posture of humility. The Bible says humble. We, have, we must humble ourselves before God. And so I invite you, I'm going to do it too, to humble ourselves right now and pray a prayer and say, God, if there is anything in me unclean, if there's anything in me that's separating me from you, I don't want my intellect or false teachers to get in the way of me receiving a breakthrough. So this is not Taylor, Angela taking over. This is what does the Bible say? Jesus, I'm surrendering to you. I'm humbling myself before you. If there is anything in me that is not pleasing to you, I want to get it out of me right now. That's it. If that's your heart posture, I believe that the Lord is going to touch you very powerfully right now. And so right now, let's repent. If, if, if you have sinned against the Lord, confess it before him. God, I'm so sorry for arguing with my family. I'm so, I'm so sorry for having a bad attitude. God, I'm so sorry for disrespecting this person, for gossiping, whatever it is. Just confess before the Lord right now. Get your heart right with him and forgive anybody who you need to forgive. And when we forgive people, it's not saying what you did to me was okay. It's saying, I release you to God. I'm not going to hold you hostage in my heart and, and punish you for a consequence that I feel you deserve. God can handle you because when you, un, you, you refuse to forgive somebody, you are drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. It's time for you to be free today and, and cut that attachment with that person. You're holding on, you're hanging on to somebody that you don't even like let it go give them to god let him let him deal with that person and truly forgive them in your heart and say you know what i forgive you doesn't matter what doesn't matter why i the bible says that if you do not forgive others your father in heaven will not forgive you and so out of your own need for a savior for salvation for grace you need to forgive so picture your mom picture your dad picture the person who hurt you the most Picture your friend that stabbed you in the back and literally say, God, I forgive them and I release them to you now in Jesus' mighty name. And so once we have forgiven everybody, once we've confessed our sins, um, the blood of Jesus has washed us and made us clean. Now we're going to say, I renounce, I break every generational curse from my mother's side and my father's side all the way back to Adam and Eve. If you need to pause it, but you need to speak this out loud because you need to declare it. You need to speak to those unclean things and command them to go. They don't read your mind. And so I renounce every generational curse from my mother's side and my father's side all the way back to Adam and Eve in Jesus' name. And I renounce every soul tie in Jesus' name that I have made with this person, with that person. I renounce every soul tie. A soul tie, it could be any unhealthy and demonic attachment with a friend, with an ex, with anybody. Anybody where there is an unhealthy attachment, I renounce the soul tie with them now in Jesus' mighty name. And now we're going to start renouncing. Renouncing means I'm cutting this off. I'm coming out of agreement. What doors have you opened even before you were saved? in your life? What addictions? What bondage? What do you want to be free from today? I renounce and call it out. I renounce anger in Jesus' name. I renounce unforgiveness in Jesus' name. I renounce jealousy. 
There's a lot of you that struggle with bitterness and envy and jealousy and you look on Instagram and you look at everybody else's life and you compare it to yours and it's all twisted up in your brain and you're harboring bitterness, jealousy, unforgiveness. You're unsatisfied with your life. You can't even see the blessing of God in front of you because that spirit is wrapped around your mind. And so I, you need to say, I renounce jealousy and envy in the mighty name of Jesus. I renounce every mind control spirit the mind control spirits wrap around your mind they make you anxious depressed jealousy mental warfare intrusive thoughts if you have those symptoms you need to renounce a mind control spirit i renounce tarot cards i renounce crystals in jesus name i renounce going to psychics in jesus name i renounce binge eating i renounce eating disorders i renounce anorexia i renounce anxiety i renounce depression what do you need to renounce begin to renounce now in jesus name if you need to pause it you can pause it and renounce everything your list might be long that's okay mine was too if you need to pause it and renounce but make sure you call this out by name and say i renounce you i renounce a python spirit that's a spirit of divination i renounce cussing i renounce smoking i renounce drinking i renounce partying i renounce lust and pornography and masturbation the list goes on you need to renounce you need to get free today and so once you're finished renouncing you can pause it right now if you need to continue yoga whatever it is when you're finished renouncing then we're going to pray and we're going to commend all of these things to go in jesus mighty name and if you need to cough if you need to throw up if you need to take a deep breath if you need to scream these things come out it's okay god is freeing you right now and so in the name of jesus i take authority over every person here in the name of jesus that just renounced all of these unclean things in the name of jesus i commend every unclean spirit on three all of you must go in jesus mighty name one two three go now in the name of Jesus, up and out right now in Jesus' name. Every snake spirit, every kundalini, every python, manifest and come out now in the name of Jesus. Every spirit of anger and rage, manifest and come out now. I break every generational curse from the mother's side and the father's side now. I break every generational curse of divorce, of abortion, of rejection, of trauma, of molestation and rape. I break it off of your family line now in the mighty name of Jesus every spirit of religion and false religion must go now in Jesus mighty name every seducing spirit every Jezebel every lust and perversion spirit go right now in Jesus name every spirit causing sexual sin and sexual perversion and appetites must go now in the mighty name of Jesus every spirit of revenge go now every spirit that came in through secular music and movies through the eye gate and the ear gate go now in Jesus Jesus mighty name every mind control spirit manifest and go right now in the mighty name of Jesus every spirit that came in through witchcraft and new age and manipulation manifest and go now I speak to every unclean spirit that came in through yoga and I command you to manifest and go now Shakti and Shiva Brahman every ungodly Hindu deity you go now you loose them you loose their bodies you loose their muscles and their minds right now in Jesus name and every unclean spirit 
that came in through yoga, through Hinduism, through Islam, and through any ungodly religion, Wicca and witchcraft and new age. You go now in Jesus' mighty name. Every spirit that came in through astrology, go now. You are not your star sign. You are a child of God in Jesus' mighty name. Every unclean spirit that came in through... um. Every kind of false gospel must leave right now in Jesus' mighty name. Every spirit making you hate deliverance ministry and hate the freedom of God, I command you to go now. I rebuke you, you unclean spirit. Manifest and go now in the mighty name of Jesus. Every spirit of hatred, of murder, of division, of strife, of anger, go now in Jesus' mighty name. Every spirit causing um, people to crave after ungodly appetites, pedophilia and orgies and and crazy sexual cravings ungodly sexual desires you go now you loose the people of god right now in jesus mighty name you loose them you loose their bloodline every spirit attached to the womb and the uterus go now in jesus mighty name every curse that was spoken over your womb i command it to break every spirit causing cysts hormonal acne hormonal issues um issues in the womb and the fallopian tubes and all of the reproductive organs go now in jesus mighty name i commend every spiritual spouse that attacks you and sleeps with you in the dreams i divorce them from you now every incubus every succubus go right now in the mighty name of jesus and every last lingering unclean spirit trauma rejection abandonment that came in through a young age you go now i speak to the strong man and i bind you right now in jesus name and i command you and all of your kingdom to go and get out now and go to the pit of hell now in jesus mighty name and every lingering last unclean spirit that is hiding i command you all to be bound gathered in one place and you must go now in jesus mighty name Holy Spirit, I pray that you would fill every person here. Fill them to overflowing. And as you fill them, Lord, I ask that you would wash out every last unclean thing, every lingering and hidden thing. Father, would you wash it out with your precious Holy Spirit and fill your children from the top of their head to the soles of their feet and seal them with what you have done with the Holy Spirit tonight. And I declare that no devil, no demon in hell will be able to come against the freedom that they receive tonight. We pray for protection over them, over their families, over their homes, their pets, their children, all of their loved ones, even extended family. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hallelujah, amen. That was amazing. <sighs> that was fun. Praise yeah. God.